We are recording in progress. Recording with the one and only Jorge Webb on Super Bowl Sunday, on Sunday, February twelfth, twenty twenty three, at two eighteen p.m. Eastern time. And uh, yeah, we were just talking beforehand about uh, how easy it is for a to bully your elders. I texted George last night because actually a friend of mine called me last night and was like, "Have you heard about like H five N one?" And I was like, actually, George Webb was just tweeting, about, or we were just texting about it, like, 10 minutes prior. And so I texted George, and I was like, hey, let's do an episode tomorrow. And he goes, I can't. It's Super Bowl Sunday. And I just said one word. I just said gay. And he <laughs> he, 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 he folded like a cheap suit. He went, all right, let's do it. And uh, in only the way you can bully your elders, as I'm sure I've done before. I've had younger guests tell me just, like, a single word, pussy, and just, all right, well, I'll care. But uh, George... How are you doing, man? Good, uh, Tommy. Just for you, I wore my Boston Consulting Group uh, teal green shirt today. Oh, thank you, sir. And this is in special honor of Jordan Walker, who we now have confirmed not only worked for Boston Consulting Group at Pfizer, like I told James O'Keefe live in front of 5,000 people, but he also worked for Boston Fed. And we also have produced the contract. It's out on my Twitter for doing what? Controlling the communications messaging for Operation Warp Speed and COVID. Huh. Hmm. Pretty good for an intern that washed out of his first year of internship at Tufts. Do you think there's any, um, somebody, and it's kind of, it's, it's as simple as, uh, remember right when, right when, uh, Russia invaded Ukraine and Mm. everyone that had half a brain cell thought they were being quick and they were like, uh, they're like, watch out for Taiwan. China's going to move on. Top. Like everyone became General Eisenhower overnight. It's there's kind of the same thing going on with right, like the balloon incursions. Um, there's the first was last weekend, which was shot down, and then there was another. Uh, I think on Thursday, uh, which I talked with a uh, uh, Gordon Chang about yesterday, shot down over Alaska, and then as soon as he and I finished that episode, another one was shot down over. Canada and then after that the airspace over uh, the ICBM bases in Montana were temporarily closed and I think reopened and as of this morning I think the Chinese Air Force said they were pursuing a a UFO I want to say off the coast of South America my point of saying all this is is and it, it, it warms my heart as a conspiracy head that it's like like it's growing in popularity. It's like seeing a band that you saw in a garage start to like trend on like, you know, Billboard 100. And everyone's like, it's Project Bluebeam. And part of me is thrilled that everyone's as detached from reality as me. Um, but do you think there's any coincidence to all of this happening? Is this is this a distraction from classified documents at... Um, at Biden's residence? Is this a distraction from just the ever crumbling border? Is this a distraction from sending more and more armaments to Ukraine, including Abrams tanks and leopard tanks? Is this a distraction from the big tech hearings where power, uh, uh, ironically and coincidentally went out right during the hearing, just throwing everything at the wall? Well, yes and no. (laughs) Great answer. George yeah, is running yeah. for office as he has, as he has learned Pentagonese. Yeah. No, I I'd say, you know, have you had Dr. Andrew Huff on 
Have you interviewed yeah, him? Yeah, yeah. Uh, last uh, Monday, not even that, a week that, ago. Somebody told me. Somebody told me you interviewed him, and people should check out that interview he's because a cool, he's a cool guy. Yeah, he's a really smart guy, and he knows all about. He's the one of the worldwide experts on what they call digital detection, and this is all the things that happen on the ground that tip off what's actually that you can see from the sky that tip off what's actually happening on the ground. So if you see a whole bunch of fire trucks going out on the tarmac toward a burning plane or a burning train in East Palatine, Ohio, you can kind of guess, you see a smoke plume that there was a train accident or a plane accident. And this can be seen from space or it can be seen from a drone or a balloon or what, a ha what have you. And they're so good at it um, because they did this digital detection for metabiota in China before the breakout of COVID. You, and so the, so all these stories kind of have a little bit of a Venn diagram overlap, and I'm going to try to answer okay. them all as one, one big Venn diagram. Okay. But one of the things you would do uh, if you had a... Um, uh, you couldn't get access and you had top secret clearance on doing digital detection for the next thing that's happening, the next breakout, let's say it was H5N1, you couldn't necessarily go to National Reconnaissance Organization and say, hey, download all your files to me. And they would go, well, you're over there at USDA running a crop study program. What do you need my files for? Okay, let's just say uh, or it just becomes too many people get involved in being, you know, in, in the soup here. So why don't we just run our own balloon and we'll just like a satellite do a swath across the sky and it'll be super high res, just like uh, Mike Flynn's uh, balloons that he used in Afghanistan with one Adam Schiff, uh, which is the Aerostar balloon. Pasternak and Aerostar were working with Adam Schiff. You know, the whole story, the Humpty Dumpty Society, Mark Epstein from Congress, all that stuff. So it is a really good way. And, and the, the, some of the telltales, and this is outlined in Andrew Huff's book, uh, which is what really happened in Wuhan. And then I can't remember the subtitle, but uh, it's his. Uh, the, like the biggest cover up in history or something. Something like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But he basically talks about. When people get sick, really sick, they drive to a hospital, usually. Um, and their cars stay there a long time, if, especially if a loved one's sick. You know, the, the cars go back and forth, back and forth to the hospital a lot. Or the cell phones travel to the hospital. Normally, cell phones don't travel to hospitals by themselves. Or people start Googling uh, diarrhea and all the other symptoms, right? And people normally don't do that for fun. So all those things, when you throw them all together and they kind of then diagram into a tableau, you can say, hey, this is an outbreak of such and such. And the same thing is true for farmers. Uh, if you're growing chickens and let's say there's a breakout of the avian flu, all of a sudden the, the animals act differently. The farmers spend more time in the chicken coop than they normally might have. Uh, et cetera. The farmer brings in the vet, the vet's car is there where the vet's car normally never is there. So, so if you really think all these scenarios through, like Huff has, it, it really makes sense that the balloon is looking for something that they don't want you to know about. Mm -hmm. um, if they wanted you to know about, if they didn't want you to, 
to see the last balloon, uh, they wouldn't have shown it to you at the end. But typically at the end of these projects, and in my theory is the balloons have been going since uh, January 2001 or, or 2020, sometime around there. And now they're just showing the last balloon. Now we're at the end of the end of the story. And they're putting them randomly in all kinds of places to generate as many conspiracy theories as possible because they don't want the story coming out that they've been doing this swath of Montana to South Carolina over and over and over. Hmm. My theory. So, yeah, and I mean, and to anyone that might, you know, your knee jerk might be January 2020. It's January. It's February 2023. No, I mean that is that is the, you know, all the jokes about a balloon being archaic. It's also there's a reason I think in 2004 DARPA was research. I mean, insane loiter times, right? It's there's next to no fuel. I mean, what is the fuel? A solar powered propeller, and it's. You know, you can get high altitude, ex, ex, exert very low energy. You're lower than a satellite. You can potentially maneuver it. Sure, you could throw up an X-37B, but, I mean, those are like a billion dollars a launch, and we have like two of them. So there's, again, that sort of Venn diagram of usefulness. Um, and then everything you were just saying about um, digital detection, that that seems like something that's, I would imagine, has morphed out of the Cold War as much of our technology does is that was a thing right when there was a new plant out in california and the soviets would watch it it wasn't just that they had trawlers off the coast you know trying to pick up eland or satellites you also want to see well how many cars are there is it an empty is it an empty building are they throwing you are they throwing you on a wild goose chase is it a or you know is it something like raven rock where there's just a single security hut and uh and it's like, huh, what is that? Why is there a 600-car parking garage in a field? Well, it's well, then you start to conclude there's something under the field. So you can kind of use your own critical thinking to detect something going on. So that's that's the idea of the balloon is that they're they're watching something that digital detection has, I guess, pointed someone in, like. Um, Dr. Stephen Hatfield talks about it in his book, uh, is it Three Seconds to Midnight? About all these things, about, yeah, Google searches, Facebook titles. Has anyone noticed these symptoms? And you have all these algorithms to pick it up, and it's, this is happening over here. Kind of along those lines? Yeah, and I, I think that's exactly right. And and it does come out of the Cold War, and the YouTube spy plane, you know, Lee Harvey Oswald, you know, is the beginning of it all as a matter of fact they did say the original u2 when gary powers was shot down was a weather balloon that had of gone course. Course. that's the first thing that made me laugh about uh yeah. i was like that's our line that's yeah it's 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 my my corny boomer joke is uh yeah i mean china plagiarizes everything including our lies like that's our fucking line and if you think about it digital detection and telling everybody about it makes your data less valuable your 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 data metabiota, let's say, and this is getting to the classified documents, is much more valuable if you have it right before the outbreak in Wuhan, because you could say, here are all the antecedents that led up to this. So we we spied for China, or we shot pictures for China. Now it's China's turn to shoot pictures for us, and again, it feeds the metabiota machine, feeds the big data machine, and now we can say. Well, if one chicken dies here, that means 58 people die in Schenectady. 
you know, the, the butterfly effect, you know, uh, that comes from these plantings. Therefore, we must do this. We must buy, uh, Pfizer must convert 18 factories in 18 GOP states where there's chickens uh, to animal vaccine. And here's the money. And, yeah. and you often want to do it quietly, not just for information asymmetry in war and in, and in investing, right? But also the idea of, of, of public panic, right? You, it's something you do very something you do very quietly, right? Well, and, and if you're going to build a Pfizer plant in your, let's say, uh, there's one in Kansas, not far from the new, uh, you know, Plum Island out there in the middle of Kansas, Manhattan, Kansas. But let's say you wanted to build one in Nebraska, let's just say, and or Oklahoma. And you say, okay, let's make it about pigs and just say swine flu and have a small breakout, have the digital detection, take the digital detection to Defense Threat Reduction Agency, go get the money. Uh, money comes back to uh, the governor. He's got a pile of money. Now, Borla, CEO of Pfizer, comes to the place I was yesterday, National Governors Association meeting. And behind closed doors, you work out the plan to build the next Pfizer plant uh, in you know, Lincoln, per se. And that's why I predict three new from this whole thing, three new Pfizer plants, animal or human, I don't know which, in GOP states. But the eventual goal here to expand the footprint for Pfizer is to have a Pfizer plant in every state so that no governor will ever be able to vote against Pfizer again. And the same thing is true for any senator. Uh, there are some safe uh, house seats that will always be safe so people will be able to see, see either one, but no senators. Because when you pass the NDAA, the National Defense mm -hmm. Authorization, it's always 98 to 1. Yeah. Or, you know, Bernie Sanders is the only guy yeah. <laughs> who's, got, you know. So that's my prediction. It, that's what it feels like. It is always kind of funny when you see, like, a, when you see, like, the voting record of, like, the defense budget or something. Everything else, it really is. I mean, not to be like edgy, but it really is like bread and circus screaming, you know, tranny bathrooms, no abortions, keep whatever. And then when it, when it comes to the trillion dollars to keep that war machine chugging along, everyone's fucking all aboard. Like Democrats and Republicans are shoveling the coal into the machine together. Like we got to we got to go. We got to go bomb some foreign nations. But that, F thirty five is made in four, seven different states. I was, well, I was you read my mind. I was about to say, uh, I think it was Lockheed. At the risk of slandering them, it might have been Boeing. I don't know. We'll just for the risk of slander, we'll say it was me. I'm a defense contractor, but they, there is some actual term, like an actual definition, uh, that they like unofficially have their own, I guess, team, and it's about it's like the science of of lobbying. You find you find who needs votes, who is gonna vote for that war machine, and you know, Tommy, you're running for Congress and whatever. Yeah, you're all against the war machine. Well, what if you could? It looks like uh, unemployment's rising there. Have you guys ever thought about, I don't know, making landing gear for an F-35? And I'm like, no, I haven't thought about that. And they're like, well, I mean, we were thinking to put this plant in this bumblefuck town. Because you would imagine, right? You look Because you look back to like the 1880s, like a town grew because it was next to a railroad or next to a river or next to a, a natural resource. But when it's 2023 and it's like, why are they making the radar absorbing material in Skokie, Illinois? Like what it, what's there? And it, well, there's a, there's a congressman who needs to get elected. 
And so when you wonder why there's this sprawling Air Force plant in the same town where, like, Napoleon Dynamite was filmed, and you go, what is the tactical? There is no tactical. It's somebody's getting into Congress. And so why, but to follow that train of thought, why wouldn't that then go down to the the sort of the, the bio-defense industrial complex? Why, why would that tried and true method not trickle down? And, well, the answer is it is trickling down. And, and I use the same methodology. I have, it's analog detection, but I have my eyes and I, I sit in the Marriott Marquis Hotel uh, for two days and, you know, have my iced tea, you know, and they're about ready to throw me out every two hours or so. But I, I just watch and see which people are the contractors spending the most time with, which, which governor's uh, entourages, are they spending time with the GOP people? Are they spending time with the Democrats? They're not spending any time with the Democrats. They've already got those states. Gretchen Whitmer has a uh, $750 million commitment. So they've already taken the money. She's a young global leader. Her uh, deputy uh, uh, governor is a young global leader. This uh, Gilchrist, uh, the the uh, what uh, the attorney general is like a roommate of Metabiota. Nathan, <laughs> so it's, it's just you can't get any schwabier, you know. So say they got seven hundred fifty million already. New York just gave four hundred seventy million a couple of years ago or a year ago for Pearl River Pfizer, and I just think this is you know a Project Veritas when they do the big hit piece, you know, where they're going to do the attack uh, ambush video. They forgot where they're going, where Borla is going into. He's going in to meet with the Republican governors. And they're talking about why is Borla talking to all the Republican governors if they're not talking about plants uh, and or the coming H5N1, which means you get a plant. It's what they're talking about. They were also talked about raising the debt limit so that they can get the re revenue sharing money to come back so that they can get U.S. Department of Homeland Security money for building plants. And it, it, the, the same strategy has been done by the USAID predict program overseas. You have a small little breakout. You send a whole bunch of germ team in, the Bill Gates germ team in, before it was called Bill Gates germ team. They send the data back and they say, well, we need a, a Navy medical research unit here. We need a BSL-4 lab here. And then bup, 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 all over the world, you end up with these labs. Um, <clears throat> Dr. Andrew Huff talks about the... Uh the USAID program in his book, the, the Truth About Wuhan, which is for anybody uh, interested, it's uh, it's 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 a week ago. You go find it. It's uh, his, his books. It's pretty quick. Where you'd get it on Kindle, you can have your iPhone read it to you. Um, but he goes in about it. And he he talks about it. He's like, uh, he's like, yeah, you have this moment when you're in this program that you think that you know we're going around the world and we're really trying to put out these little fires of these of these things. He goes, and then you look into it more, and you realize, like, no, we're going to get samples of this thing. We want to go see how this thing works. This is nature is building weapons for us. I think um, Dr. Francis Boyle said that as well in his book. I had him on last year. Yeah, we have this idea of all these things go around the world, and we're like, oh my gosh, what is going on? This giraffe's bleeding from its eyes. We got to go get a sample of that immediately and bring it back and <laughs> find out what the genome is and see how we weaponize it. It's it's a little disheartening. Well, I would alter that a little bit and okay. saying what they're really doing is going getting the backbone of those things so that they can put human 
uh, antigens on there to make it look like a human virus and then say it came from the giraffe bleeding from its eyeballs. So, so now the giraffe bleeding from his eyeballs, let's say that's an Ebola uh, type of thing. That's important because the, the antigen is going to have a certain epitope, you know, on it that is going to have a certain binding affinity. And, and then they can look at that with a computer model and go, okay, well, what does that receptor look like on a giraffe? Now, what does it look like on a human? And it's going to be slightly different. That's why a human, that's why we're not infected. That's why the HIV not HIV, uh, HIV did work, but uh, um, the bat coronavirus never infected monkeys, never infected humans. HK1 is as close as they got to actually infecting. And this is the whole where the whole story falls apart about came from bats. Well, the bat virus doesn't infect humans. The only way it does is if you take the human antigen and put it on a, a, a bat backbone, then you put it into a mouse and it will infect the mouse, right? The humanized mice of Ralph Barrick, but it won't infect if you just grab the HK1 spike and put it into a mouse or a human. It's it just, it's, it's just a totally fake story. That's why it has to be the lab leak or a lab spread. Uh, so there we go. But that's why I do think they go collect all these samples because they want you to think it comes from the bleeding giraffe, you know? Um, I guess for a simpleton like me, I think like right now we're doing this podcast on a on a Mac. All the podcasts are done on a Mac. Apple won't sponsor me. I don't think they sponsor anyone, but they won't sponsor me, and I do take it personally. I also last year started a a, a, a video game channel with my buddies, and I do it on a PC. And it is as lowbrow and as worthless of content as you can imagine. But nonetheless, I like it. And every week I... I take the podcast and I offload it on to some external hard drives in case something happens to my computer. And about a year ago, I started doing it with my shitty gaming channel. But I realized that I couldn't, because all my hard drives are connected to my Mac, so I would just put everything on an external on the PC, come over here, plop it into the Mac, and dump it onto the externals because I've got oodles and boodles of terabytes. And it wouldn't transfer. And I never realized that that was the difference between like a, something, a, a difference between a PC and a Mac is, and it go, again, I'm sure most people knew this. I didn't is that you can't transfer it. And there is some, there is like a third type of file you can save it under. That is, I guess, translatable, readable by a Mac and a PC. I think it's called XFAT or something. I don't know. I, I don't understand any of this, but the point is, is you do have to sort of convert it to make it even usable. So if somebody's, so if, my Mac was destroyed by a virus and somebody said, oh, it came from your gaming channel and it's as a result of all of your hate speech or something, I would have to, right, I would have to logically call bullshit. I'd be like, no, somebody took it, there was human intervention, and they made it a a translatable file because it, it, it cannot jump between the two. They don't read each other. It's It doesn't work that way. Am I anywhere close to an understanding? You're absolutely right on. And... Um the we talked about Marion Koopmans from the Erasmus lab taking the backbone going to the Chinese Academy of Sciences going to the Chinese Academy of Military Sciences and doing exactly that taking the a bat backbone putting human antigens on it and then what once you have that then you can create a virus like nanoparticle right and then you can release that in any temperature condition you don't have to freeze it you can create all the symptoms of the disease to simulate but doesn't spread to simulate what'll be happen when you do the real live exercise 
So it's kind of like a pre-live exercise, if you will. Yeah. And that's, and that's what we always said that Wuhan was April, uh, September, October. You, you don't want to do the real live one until you do the, the one that doesn't spread first, because you want to see what's the initial rush to the, to the hospitals. And then you compare that with a live attenuated virus, and then you'll see the secondary You'll see the initial wave and then you'll see the secondary from infection because you want to give it get an idea of the r value the infection rate okay right and so you want to take snapshots r1 r2 r3 you know um, day one day two day three day four and then then you can see a spread how long does it take me to go from patient zero to patient one million it's usually about two months andrew huff will know that on the top of his head that's why he says it couldn't have started in november it had to have started late September, mid-September, and was full going full force in October when the military games were, is what he says in his book, which agrees with what I've said for a, lot, a long time, two years. I'm, 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 I think I'm picking up what you're putting down. It's, um, it's the idea of, like, there's kind of two ideas. One of them is, is, is moronic, and the other one's a little less stupid, so we'll start with the dumb one. Uh, Grand Theft Auto Five. You're constantly there's throughout the entire campaign. You're doing like four or five heists throughout the whole thing. You're just robbing banks, whatever, killing cops. Real in depth plot, right? And um, but one of them, you go and you hit a tiny bank out in the middle of nowhere, and they want to know what the response time is. And so they go and uh, they see like an alarm, as so the guy just takes out his like silenced pistol, just shoots the alarm from across the street, and they're like, let's just gauge the response time. We just want to see what's going on. And like a, a disproportionate amount of cops show up and they're, they're happy that they did it because they thought they're in the middle of nowhere. Maybe two cops are going to show up, but like 15 squad cars show up and then that goes into the whole plot. Well, that bank is laundering money for the cops, so it's harder to rob. And then the cops realize somebody tripped the alarm on purpose. So they start doing a whatever a traffic ID check, whatever. The other idea is, I think, um, Nicole, is it, is it per Perlman? Uh, her book, um, This Is How They Tell Me the World Ends, about zero-day exploits, in which, back to the information asymmetry, you want to find an exploit in some system, but you don't want anyone to know you have it. The idea of a zero-day exploit is they've had zero days to defend against it, right? I, my door locks. That's not a zero-day exploit. Someone would want to know that, oh, the drywall above my podcast studio is soft and if you really wanted to you could come punch right through and interrupt the podcast i have zero days to prepare for that once you do it i now know that i need to put up a barrier there so it loses its edge so if i'm kind of even remotely getting close to what you're saying is that you don't even want to do the attenuated thing you want to do like an attenuated attenuated thing you want to do barely just barely the symptoms to just see how people respond you're you're firing a gun in the air just to see how long it takes for cops to get to that area am i remotely yeah. anywhere near it or should i just yeah, shut yeah. It? If, if you if you look at actually what happened or at least what i was told would happen by my old research partner is that you go ahead and, and create a virus like particle from what you're going to release you go ahead and put it in vapes so she she had said this gal named task force had said that it would be put in this vaping compound and it would be a thousand times concentration what you'd normally breathe on the street but it would get you quick to lung injury 
and people would be going to hospitals and they would be taking pictures of damaged lungs. And you would see what exactly that looked like versus smoking too much or smoking too much CBD or smoking too much tobacco or other kinds of lung injury, red lung from being too close to a, you know, a steel worker or black lung from being a coal miner, all these things. So you want to be able to say, you know, picture that's what uh, COVID-19 is going to look like this uh, crazy paving. Well, it wasn't crazy paving. It was called a, a ground glass presentation for the lung. Uh, so it looks like a bunch of fine glass that the, the white spots are the are the pots where the uh, spots where the pockets of, of VLI have filled up. And, and, and then you want to be able to go to a hospital system and have a deep learning system that says, give me all the chest x-rays that are happening on a day-to-day -day basis in the lab and tell me when one looks like this, okay? Now, this is what I think Michael Callahan did in six hospitals around the Wuhan area. They release a the VLP, which remember doesn't, it's not a real living thing. So it, if you release it in smoke, like let's say factory smoke, you're good to go. You know, it, it doesn't kill the virus because it's not alive. It's just a VLP, okay? But, and, but people breathe it- a virus-like particle. Gotcha. But it, people breathe it in. They all of a sudden get lung irritation. They go to the hospital, right? This happened. This is what Andrew Huff says. He saw particulate matter of 0.25 uh, microns that he, he thought it was because the crematoriums were working overtime in September and October in, in Wuhan. But he looked at it with satellite images and, and said this, Okay. Now, I, I tied this to vaping in July and August uh, near uh, Virginia, and then it turned out that E-Valley damages were in like uh, went 33 different states. It was a lot of different states, but some people died from this, uh, but it, it mainly was looking at what is the presentation going to look like in the lungs. Uh, we looked at a couple of hospitals, Belvoir, Fort Belvoir Community Hospital was the key one we looked at and said, if they're going to be doing any comparison, this military hospital is the one because they sold these vape products at that PX there on that base. But th this wasn't the only base they sold them on. It was in, in different bases. So that, that's the first one. Now you know what to look for. Now you know what the virus is going to look like downstream. You have a big deep learning system. The guy who left... Uh, Bob Malone's Alchem he lived in Tampa, but he worked up at University of Florida. He he specialized in this. He specialized in looking through hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of uh, lung uh, images and and be able to pick out which ones are COVID and which ones are not. Flu looks different, a little bit different than COVID, for instance. And you have to be able to discern the difference between those two. You may want to lump them together. And say they're all COVID if you're trying to create a, a false narrative. But you get, you get the idea of what I'm saying. And he he literally fled. I, I went to where he lived and worked and everything. He literally fled when COVID broke out, like a month before. But now you run the real live attenuated virus because you have a baseline now of what it should look like, right? And now you can compare the live attenuated versus the real deal. And it's a way of kind of controlling the genie in the bottle. Hmm. You don't want to just let out the live attenuated without having, you know, if you, for instance, if you had 
from the particulate matter, from the virus-like particle, if you had a thousand people a day in Wuhan, 15 million people coming into the hospital with, with this presentation, right? That was your non-infectious. And then all of a sudden you, you had a thousand the first day and then you had 8,000 the next day. You'd say, whoa, we're way out of control here. We're, we're eight times where we need to be and, and it's gonna be exponential. So we got to stop on the live attenuated, no more spreading the live attenuated. We're hitting our goals as it is. So it just gives you some kind of baseline. And if you're really smart about it, you would do several cities differently. So you'd have a, a baseline in Kunming, you'd have a baseline in uh, you know, various cities, Nanjing, et cetera. And then you'd have the Chinese Academy of Sciences kind of run it all for you. And then you'd get the data and then you, you decide where you would do the, the big breakup. Uh, I know that sounds complicated, but it, it's the only way you have of knowing how out of control the experiment is getting, how out of control the live exercise is getting. You want to see just how wild the fire gets. Yeah, I guess that would be a good thing is like, if you knew there was a certain amount of BTUs in a fire that you start mm -hmm. and then measure the increase in BTUs it would tell you how much forest is burning, right? And you don't want to burn down the whole forest. You just want enough so that you get tremendous amounts of cash to build a fire station where you want to build the fire station. God, it really, there's nothing new under the sun. It really does just come down to like making money. <laughs> like it's, it's one of those like depressing. How about this one, Tommy. How about this one where you say you got to dig up uranium because of the war effort? And if we find gold and silver as we're going, well, that's just our tough luck. <laughs> if you find if you find if you find some of those uh, what are they called? Uh, what are the giant gold bars called? The good delivery bars. Yeah, if you find yeah. those dug in the ground. So back to the VLPs. So because it's a it's a virus like particle, not an actual. It's kind of like um. There's a book that I thought had great potential, but I ended up, I thought it kind of sucked. And I might also be saying that because the author never came on my show, but it's called uh, Moby Duck. And it's about this uh, cargo ship full of, one of the containers was full of rubber duckies. And the car, and the, the, the Connex box f fell off wherever, south of Australia in, what, I don't know, 1990. And it happens all the time. You just write it off insurance. And sometimes it's shoes, sometimes it's grain and whatever. But these ducks, Starts showing up all over the world weeks and months and years later. And they had different levels of wear on them. And you could tell kind of what the acidity level of the ocean was, which, you know, the UV light, you know, low, lower in the, lower in the, on the poles got less. And as it went up to the equator, they were more worn. And that actually led to a ton of uh, understanding about tides and currents just because of this flow of thing. And, <sighs> People are like, how come we never realized this before? And it's, it's just when you said VLPs, that's what made me think about it. These were almost like ducky-like particles. They weren't actual ducks. They didn't need to eat, and they weren't being eaten by sharks. They were anal not analogs. They were stand-ins, and it, it, it conveyed a lot of information without actually having ducks. So you could almost do something like that where it's, yeah, let's see what happens. Throw it on a smokestack or throw it in a whatever, the exhaust pipe of a car, 
and let's see how this is it, it, different than, let's say, uh, the sea spray operations off San Francisco in the 50s, where didn't they actually throw like viruses or something? No, it's a live mock virus, they called it, but some people did die from it. Oh, uh, absolutely. Yep. But nonetheless, it was still like a living thing as opposed to maybe yeah. tagging it with whatever fluorescent, you know, whatever, some some irradiated material and you can track the flow of it. Now, to tie that all back in to the, like, the x-rays, show me if you see, you know, this presentation on a chest x-ray. It's kind of like a be on the lookout for this person, right? This is a wanted, you know, whatever, this tall, looks like this. He's going to be in the airport today. Does that tie back into digital detection? Do you also want to see how well the existing infrastructure detects it? Absolutely. This is the whole idea for the national security applications. If you have a LATO scanner and your guest, I think you've had him on 10 times, Bob Malone would be the best person to ask about this because he's an expert in BLPs. His business partner is LATOS. Uh, he he is works with Vapor Bar and he works with Alchem who makes the synthetic tobacco. So he would be a really good guy to talk about digital detection with. I mean, he and he can go at me and 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 say my science is off or whatever. Sure. But but yeah, if you have the terrorist, if you spray these particles, this is originally the Project Blackjack that I've said you know for six years now. But you the terrorist breathes in the virus-like particle. Remember, it doesn't have to be refrigerated. No cold chain out to the battlefield. I spray the battlefield with a balloon or spray the battlefield with a drone. The, you know, Osama bin Laden or his, you know, Jamal Khashoggi, when he's interviewing, breathes it in. Now it shows up as a virus-like particle lodged in his thing. And it has the terrorist, you know, uh, luminescence, you know, green fluorescent protein or some kind of ferritin, ferrous that shows up well as a radio emitter. Maybe even you throw in a little radioactive to make things exciting and show up easier. But then they come through the Lado scanner and you go... That guy goes over this way and we look at his suitcase versus not looking at a suitcase. So this is where you get into national security. And I respect Bob Malone if he's involved in this because he can't come out and say, well, George Webb's right. You know, he's he's got me. <laughs> he has to say George Webb hates me and is trying to make a living on me, sure. which is all good. He's trying to protect national secrets. Sure. Yeah, and, and for the record, I don't speak for Bob Malone. I don't speak for Andrew Tuff. I don't speak for George Webb. It's That's just me being protecting my own self. But with all of these things, how do you get someone? So if you have your ear to the ground, can you almost detect the detection? Does that make sense? So like... If I'm trying to see how what the response time is to me shooting in the air, is there a is there a an old grizzled cop that it's not his first rodeo, and all the young bucks are like, we got to go to the gunshot. Is there an older guy that's like somebody's testing the response time? Is there like a detection detection? I guess that would be that. I guess that would be what you do. That'd be investigative. Well, well in warfare, there's certainly an analog to that. Mike Flynn, I talked to somebody who worked directly for Mike Flynn. He was a, uh, the highest non-commissioned officer working directly for Mike Flynn. And he said- Mike Flynn, Flynn was the, for anyone, he was the former head of the DIA? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but he was still a battle general in Afghanistan. Wrote the book, uh, 
field of fight. Yeah. And uh, then working for McChrystal and McChrystal had the book, uh, you know, where the operators, uh, which was done by the guy who got drone or whatever happened to his car. We don't know. Oh, uh, oh, Hastings. Yeah. Hastings. Yeah. yeah. But my, my point is, is that, you know, uh, I hope one day that people, instead of saying he got Hastings, I hope that one day people say, oh, he got, he, oh, he got Tommy's, he got Tommy's podcasted. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure that's sweeping across, you know, uh, from the West coast to East now and that you've said it, but, oh but this is, this is the, the, the idea here is that Flynn, uh, would always faint, right. He'd always create some kind of distraction to the right and attack left always for some reason, maybe it's because he knew that his group always would do it right. And he didn't have any thing to worry about it was always about the same distance that the fake right would be, you know, five or six miles to the right. And then the main attack would always be here, but, it, but a seasoned general would always, if you're Mujahideen and not, if you don't have a encrypted Blackberry and you haven't already been texted by the U S state department that the U S army's coming, you, you, you would just be sitting there going, okay, well that's Mike fainting, fainting, right. He always now, does this and, You'd get your compass out and you would sweep your thing and say, well, it's about six miles. It should be here. So there's a, there's a mountain pass. Let's go put the machine guns on each side there and we'll have a, a slaughter pen killing. It's like, it's like when your dad's been pulling the same shit on you for the last 30 years where he pokes your right shoulder and you're like, dude, I know it's, I know it's you, you know, there's the whole, or you take a picture with your, and I, like, I know my dad's throwing up the bunny ears and I'm like, he still thinks it's fun, but it's kind of the right. You're not switching it up versus and i guess that would come from complacency right where you don't have to change your 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 operational i guess if it's working for you right like i'm sure delta force uses some classified you know as the delta force guys always said that i interviewed ttp's tactics techniques and procedures if it keeps working and no one knows about it yeah keep working if you get you know if you get 100% success rate never lose any operators but as they start to figure things out, the only reason you would never change it is if you had total hegemony and no near-peer components versus something, let's say, like IEDs, where you can see the tit-for-tat, almost real-time evolution of we have the Humvee, and then they use an IED. So we have an up-armored Humvee, and then they use a stronger IED. So we get MRAPs, and then they get even bigger IEDs, and then we put the like the long like metal rake things out in front of it to set off the IED. Well, then they start putting a, an ignition mechanism 20 feet out front and it, it just goes back and forth. And it's just this like roadrunner coyote shit, except people are dying. But that's what would go on if you're actually going at one another. So what you're saying is if I'm picking up, if anyone's listening to this saying, Tommy, your analogies are very stupid. They are. But this is how I learn. Well, there's a classic example of this with the with Jordan Walker. If you put in a, a Boston Consulting Group Fed guy, and you actually not only do all lockdowns with this group of people, uh, three other partners, uh, you do uh, all the tag and trace for biosurveillance. You do all of the therapeutics, which is you bring remdesivir from uh, its ignominious death you resurrect that and then you force the bid uh, for mrna vaccines you do all that with two papers with jordan walker right and all you have to do uh that's in may of 2020 so that establishes the the the, the whole uh 
tableau, if you will, for mRNA and, and remdesivir, then all you have to do at the end of the, the pro program is just have him act like he gets, uh, you know, embarrassed. And instead of having him go, hey, dude, you're invading my privacy and walking out of the pizza place, you have him dance from one side of the restaurant to the other saying, I can't believe, I can't believe I've been out and I can't believe, well, you know, go over by the pizza maker and say, I can't believe I'm out and then go over by, you know, uh, go work every part of the room possible and make it the longest video possible while you're screaming, I'm a contractor. But people don't see that. They see all the motion and commotion and figure that's how somebody who's caught acts. That's how my kid acts when I say, hey, your hand was in the cookie jar. And they go, oh, no, 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 I was over here. No, wait, I was over there. And 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 see people, that's the pattern recognition people are seeing is when somebody they think is lying. They think that this is their pattern of lying. So he does this dance all over the room. And you, you say, that's it. We got Pfizer. That proves it. He yelled, I'm a contractor eight times. He has all these Boston Fed contracts. He has all these papers he's written with Boston Fed, uh, BCG Fed. He must work for Pfizer. <laughs> Even though there's no evidence that he ever worked for Pfizer as a non-contractor, none. But people still say, oh, he looked like he was avoiding the truth. He must work for Pfizer. And therefore, all of my hate that I have for Pfizer and all the VAERS injuries, I'm going to say, forget looking into Jordan Walker. Now I want to go after Pfizer. This is the proof. So they're going to put all the proof on this and it's going to, if it ever gets to Congress, it'll fall apart. So that's how you cover up the other guys. The problem with that happened here, I think with James O'Keefe is I gave him the Boston consulting group paper and he wasn't in on the con. He was like, Hey, this is Jordan Walker. This is, this is the therapeutics. This is the mRNA. Shit, this is great. And he tweeted it out. Well, the next day, they had deleted it all. They pulled it all, which to me says, you stepped out over your skis, you exposed the dark hand, and now there's a coup, hmm. right? Now they're trying to get rid of them. Even though they just had their most successful, they said that this video has, has generated 10 times more views than anything that they've done up until now. So to Jordan Walker, you're saying the blame gets put on Pfizer and it doesn't show who? BCG? Doesn't show BCG. And BCG is the proxy of the World Economic Forum. Okay, and that's what I need you to explain. About, yeah, what is what is BCG? I, I mean, I understand the, sure. the, the actual uh, term Boston Consulting. But aside from that, I don't. You may want to go work for him someday. Um, there's three consultants. Just kidding. Wait, wait, there's, why? why? They <laughs> well, they're, they're a top management firm that recruits out of the uh, Ivy League. But your I'm not IQ a, I'm not is Ivy so League. high that they'll I'm, probably I'm just a, throw I'm up. a public pig. I went to University of Georgia. I went When I interviewed at the University of Southern California Keck School of Medicine, I was the only non-Ivy League guy in there. And I... They looked down at me like people in first class of Titanic looked at the steerage. I was like dancing with like I was Jack dancing with Rose on top of a whatever fucking thing of cheese with all the farm animals. They looked at me like I was in the you know, like in, in the like with Mary and Jesus and the fucking you get the point I'm trying to make. They looked at me like a dumb pig. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. 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 No. I'd say, how about them dogs? Yeah. No, well, that's what I said, actually. Yeah. <laughs> 
you know, so-and-so, Harvard, so-and-so, Harvard, so-and-so, UCLA, so-and-so, Yale, Tom. I was like, go dogs. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Keep going. No, that's pretty good. <laughs> well, yeah. what, were, what was the question? Oh, right. Boston Consulting Group and why you said they're yeah, going to yeah. hire me, but they're not because I'm a dumb Irish pig. There's three, uh, they call them the MBB, uh, MBB, uh, which is McKinsey, who ran Operation Warp Speed. And then there's Bain Capital, Mitt Romney, mm-hmm. let's take over companies, uh, raid their tra- uh, pension funds, sell out the thing on a leverage buyout where there's no cash left, uh, make money on the pump and dump, and then leave it for as a carcass for somebody else to clean up. That's that Bain, Bill Bain, by the way, who started Bain Capital came from bcg so they're very intimately connected okay yeah and then the third one is mckinsey which is kind of the grand old man of the three been around probably the longest and probably has the most prestige that's probably the harvard they're the ones who did operation warp speed so what was the second b you you said mckinsey bain 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 and company yeah but you said mbb uh the other one's boston consulting group mckinsey okay okay, sorry gotcha Boston consulting, yeah. So, but so they wanted to make McKinsey kind of the Trump. They wanted to expose McKinsey to Trump for all the logistics, and and they knew Trump would naturally gravitate to that because he's a guy that's you know how much concrete do we need to move from out in New sure. Jersey to to, to Fat Tony yeah. Salado to, yeah. to pour the pilings today? Yeah, you know how many dump trucks do I need? You know that that he he's thinking logistically, right? But the communication strategy for vaccine acceptance was the contract for Boston Fed uh, Boston Consulting with this Jordan Walker. So he was on that team for vaccine acceptance. That the actual the actual like I think it's in the Twitter files the actual like psyop about basically how to gaslight people into yeah. and if they don't say this you, it's a flow chart of and if they don't say that you point to here and then you humili- humiliate them you ostracize you know all, all shit that we kind of spelled out how bad it was in the nuremberg trials but you let it go but, for a while so you can define the social network but you have lady gaga you know go get her vaccine you have sean penn say that people who don't get the vaccine shouldn't live I mean, listen, if, if they're the ones that duped you, you deserve to get... I'm not sorry, I keep interrupting you. If they're, no, the, ones no, that, 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 if they're the ones that duped you, you deserve to get got. You're right about the communication strategy was about 99% social media. There's very little real protesting anymore. And if it is, you just black it out and you just have some other event the same day. You have Antifa go bust some windows or have Antifa infiltrate and bust some windows and, and call them all right-wing, uh, uh, far-right conspiracists. So, so most of the back talk, if you will, was uh, they modeled it at Event 201 in New York with George Gao, Chinese Academy of Scientists. I mean, there's no hiding here, along with the Gates Foundation, along with Klaus Schwab, right? And they said, this is going to be the attack strategy. I went to England to this uh, uh, new, new, new town. It's to not a new trust, right? Newburgh, Newburgh. Yeah. I went to Welcome Trust in London, but Newburgh is where this Brigade 77 is. And you can spawn 100 Tommy Kerrigan profiles um, with different names. You know, you might have Tommy O'Keefe and all this, but you could just basically say one thing and it'll propagate out on like StreamYard on 100 different platforms and it'll give a be a force multiplier for your thing. So it's like George Webb discovers Jordan Walker. Uh, contract number puts out the 23 page contract on the web 
shows how it's the communication strategy for Operation Warp Speed. What do we do now at Brigade 77? Oh, George Webb, CIA. George Webb works for Pfizer. I can't wait to see George Webb's 1099 from Pfizer. <laughs> like totally irrelevant. I'm at, I want to go after Pfizer. I want to go after Moderna. I want to go, you know, Remdesivir, same color, is made by Pfizer in McPherson, Kansas. So this is this is the strategy here. It's mainly social media. It's like you said, gaslighting, uh, humiliation, uh, gangs, gang uh, sort of swarming on people, Scientology type swarming on, on people. And it worked. And, and now when the operation's over, now you can have, you can introduce the hero of Elon Musk and he can be giving all the freedoms back. Like it's really Elon Musk that did it. No, the operation is over. Yeah. Whatever the results were, the things, objectives were, those are over now. It's, uh, yeah, it's, <clears throat> what was it? I think they, and then we got to, we got to wrap this one up in a minute because I have another, another show, but it's, uh, I think they're called Hercules teams. It was like the, a couple months after 9 11. It was these like, like, juiced up almost SWAT teams. SWAT teams are already, you know, militarized, but I mean, like another level, but it's basically like proto-military. And they would just unannounced kind of show up to random landmarks in New York City. I remember reading this when I was in like fifth or sixth grade as it was happening. Whatever, Grand Central, Ellis Island, Empire State Building. They would just kind of show up, even if there was no reason to be there. They would show up and like all get out of the van and kind of just like swarm an entrance. And it was, at first people liked it, right? Because it's, oh, we're secure. And then they started to kind of get back at it and kind of criticize it. And then it was, I think it was Giuliani who eventually like peeled them back. And everyone was like cheering on Giuliani. It's like, dude, Giuliani started it. <laughs> yeah. That's. Total full flight of the arrow. You know, that, that just... is, that's me closing down Tommy's podcast and people are like it's about time that that hate speech show has ended and I'm getting applauded someone's like it's Tommy though Tommy closed down Tommy's podcast yeah yeah isn't Tommy incredible is, you know he, he, he started shut down it. his own speech yeah, yeah. It's, it's well the Giuliani's a whole different yeah we'll get to the next time but uh yeah, this, this is why I say the COVID operation's over. If it was to ready America for the mRNA platform and all the social distancing and the bio, uh, biosurveillance, okay, that's one thing. If it's sure. to weaken our immune systems, like Bob Malone says with the T-cells, that's another thing. But the next thing is coming now, and I want to expose what they did in the first one to stop the second one. That's the bottom line here. That's my only uh, dog in the fight. I only work for buy me a coffee. My 1099 will be buy me a coffee. So there you go. That's uh, who I work for. Uh, I work for the KGB. Full, disc <laughs> full disclosure. I get paid. In You're the only one. The only it's one. I, am the, yeah. I am the soul. It's just me. And the money's worthless. And I don't get anything from it. But nonetheless, my 1099 is in Cyrillic. Mr. George Webb, thank you for your time, sir. Thank you for letting me steal you on Super Bowl Sunday. Um, yeah. I swear, I swear if a Chinese balloon shows up over the Super Bowl, it's it's going to be the greatest thing ever. H5N1, super spreader event. Here we go. Oh, Scottsdale, oh, watch out. Oh, God. Military <laughs> games part two. There you go. <laughs> well, you know what? You know what the upside to all these pandemics and UFO sightings and pending thermonuclear war is? 
is that yeah, like a lot right. of content for my podcast before it ends in a blinding flash of thermonuclear death i'm i'm going to trend and you know what that's really, i think all i can really ask for in this life george there you go. thank you sir thanks, i love you brother thanks Bye. for coming on here stay thank safe you. everybody go enjoy the super bowl till next time recording stopped peace